your head From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will see Of the goodness of God
you to answer this and also with you, but never mind. <laughs> okay. We've just been hearing that video saying, I will sing of the goodness of God. And God has been good to each one of us, hasn't he? But today we celebrate something else as well. We celebrate the, uh, the Lord is risen. So let's start. I'm getting this slightly out of order, I think. But um, can we all stand, please? Hallelujah, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In case you hadn't noticed, hallelujah, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And let's pray together as we commit ourselves to, the, to Jesus to, to worship in this service. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires are open, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's remain standing for a moment. Thank you, Lord.
thank you, Lord, that you stand in, in our midst as our risen, ascended, glorified Lord. And we recall, Lord, that you said all power and all authority has been given to you. And you stand in our midst now with, all, with that authority. That authority to forgive sins. To pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, we thank you that you are such a gracious, giving God. We thank you again for the cross, Lord, where you paid the price for all of our sins. And we thank you, Father, that death could not hold Jesus. And he rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Just as sisters, we stand for a moment to be quiet before the Lord. In the light of what he did for us on the cross, in the, in the, light, of, in the light of what he achieved for us in the resurrection, by which he lives in each one of us, let us bring anything that is on our minds to Jesus now. receive his forgiveness, the assurance of his forgiveness, the assurance that his love will never, ever fail us. And through the rest of this service, and through the days and weeks that come, let us walk in the assurance of his forgiveness. Amen. We're going to say farewell to the children now. We have some... some um, things for you out of the back here and I think it's leading that. Let's pray for them as they go and then we will carry on in worship in here. Lord Jesus, thank you for our children. Thank you for all those who have given up their time to prepare activities for them. Lord, we pray that the risen Jesus might be with them as he is with us. May eyes be opened, Lord, even at a young age to see your glory and to see your love for them. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Those of you who have sat down, I'm going to ask you to stand up again. We're going to worship. <laughs> Jesus Christ is risen today.
like to be seated. I mean it this time. As Cheryl comes up to do our reading, um, the, can I uh, announce that the theme of our service this week is when will make my prayers be answered. This is the last in our uh, series on, uh, based on Pete Gregg's book, God on Mute, and he ties it in his book into Easter Day. I'm sure Peter will explain that a lot better, better in a moment when he comes to preach the sermon. But just before he does, and before Cheryl reads the scriptures, let's pray for Peter and for Cheryl. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray your blessing on, on us now, Lord, as your word is read. That you give us open ears and open hearts to receive what you have to say. And we pray for your anointing on Cheryl as she reads, and Peter as he preaches. Lord, that you would, again, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears. And anoint Peter's lips as he preaches to us now. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This morning's reading is taken from John chapter 20, 19 to 20, and 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter to you from me as well. Uh, just uh, not for not for any sense of um, bragging at all, but I was interviewed by BBC Radio Shropshire this morning at ten to eight, and uh, I obviously knew that they were going to be interviewing me, so I had a, a pretty good idea of what they're going to ask me. Uh, but you're never quite sure on a live interview what they're going to ask you, if you've ever done this sort of thing. Um, and uh, the question he asked me at the end, well, what have you got coming up after Easter, was the one that kind of threw me a bit. I wasn't quite ready for. Um, so I was sort of having to think on my feet a bit, and what am I going to say? So if you heard me, you'd, heard, you'd have heard what I said. But I just want to apologize. I didn't mention coffee in the room, Margaret and Phil. I should have done. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? You're asked, you're asked this question, live radio, you don't know who's listening, 
but you don't know what you're going to be asked either. But I think it went all right. You can tell me afterwards if you think it wasn't that great. But I think it was all right. Anyway, as John said, we are, we've been looking at a, a, a book. We've been looking at a, a series um, based on a book by um, Pete Gregg. And it's this book, God on Mute. Uh, he's on the screen as well. And um, the, the, the book has led to a course he devised called Unanswered Prayer. And uh, so we've been looking at that this in, uh, in Lent these last few weeks. Uh, let me remind you some of the questions we've been thinking through uh, over the, lo- the course of the last few weeks. Uh, how am I going to get through this? Why aren't my prayers working? Where is God when heaven is silent? And then today, Easter Sunday, we're going to finish our series by thinking about the question, when will my prayers be answered? We, might have want, we may want to rephrase that question. When would all these problems in the world be sorted out? When were the, the, the big problems that we, we all know about, like the war in the Ukraine, uh, the suffering in distant lands we see on our TVs, uh, lands ravaged by disease and death, uh, those despots who rule with impunity, or my friend next door who is living with inoperable cancer when lord will these things be sorted out we've got so many questions with god haven't we so many questions for god and we can get a little bit impatient with god when will my prayers be answered lord and that is when we need to read and reread this passage from john's gospel chapter 20 on the evening of the first day of the week When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. In the midst of fear and anxiety and confusion and disillusionment, the risen Lord appears to his disciples and says, peace be with you. Notice he doesn't answer all their questions or try to explain how he's he's suddenly with them through locked doors. The risen Lord simply and gently says, peace be with you. That is their greatest need at that point. They are lacking in peace. And Jesus, who has conquered death, meets them at their deepest point of need. These are healing words. These are words of comfort. These are words that are are born out of uh, forgiveness and restored relationships. Peace be with you. But also notice what Jesus does as he appears to them and says these words. He shows them his hand and his side. Jesus showed them his scars. I haven't particularly, I have noticed it, but I've never really, kind of the significance of that has never really hit me before, that Jesus shows them his scars. Jesus doesn't try to hide the marks of his suffering. He's had no plastic surgery to make it all go away and look better. No, Jesus bears his scars openly to show them, yes, that he has defeated death once and for all, But also, as Pete Gregg suggests, 
He's also bearing those scars to show us that even when God heals our wounds, he restores us. And yet the scars of what we've been through remain. When we suffer, we are not the same as we were before. Jesus was not the same after those events of Good Friday, those horrific events of Good Friday. He was not the same as he was before. He could walk through walls. He had beaten death, and yet he still bore the scars of crucifixion. I've never really thought of it like that before. But it's true. Those scars are proof that he has changed the course of history forever. That he had accomplished a feat that no one else could accomplish. Because he used those wounds, he used those wounds, those scarlet badges of compassion to open the gates of heaven, the gates of glory. Those scars were left on his hands and on his side because of the nails that were driven through his hand and the spear that was driven into his side. It was those scars by which the disciples identified him as the risen Lord. And they could touch them. Jesus invited them to touch the wounds, to prove that he is who he said he is. He wasn't a figment of their imagination. He was really Jesus, alive in front of them. But as well as all of that, these scars were proof that he knew what pain and suffering were about. That he was flesh and blood. Proof that as well as being God, he was human. In all its, his, his humanness, he was God and man at the same time. And he bore the proof that from scars, beauty and power can flow. All of us, I'm guessing, have a scar on our body somewhere. Scars maybe that have been accumulated over the years. And there's often a story connected with those scars. Those scars remind us of experiences we've been through. Some scars can give us pleasant memories. It's possible. Some people have a scar to remind them uh, almost as a badge of honour of what they've been through. But for other scars, of, of course, can be painful reminders. And some scars are mysteriously present. We don't even know, perhaps, how they got there in the first place. Some of our scars were born since childhood. Maybe falling out of a tree. Maybe being on a skateboard. Maybe even being in a fight, if we dare open up to it or uh, say that we were in a fight. Maybe a scar left after an accidental burning. Maybe after a motor accident. Maybe after some sort of surgery. Those scars are, are accumulated proof that we've been through life, we've been through various experiences. And apart from plastic surgery, those scars remain with us our entire life. I've got a, you won't be able to see it, but I've got a scar on my middle finger there. Because when I was five, I was running along and I tripped and I put my hand through plate glass and I split open my middle finger. 
We all carry scars from life's experiences. And of course, scars are not always physical scars. They're not always visible physical scars. Sometimes the most painful wounds are the ones we can't see. Emotional, psychological wounds. And sometimes we can feel the need to hide them from view. And sometimes we think we need to entirely focus on the healing and pretend those scars aren't there. And yet they are an important part of us, as they were for Jesus. They're part of his story, and our scars are part of our story. Moreover, when we allow others to see our scars, and we don't try to be, we can sometimes be, oh, so, well, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. And, and when we're vulnerable, those around us can help us. We don't need to suffer in isolation. And those scars can even be a hope and encouragement to others that beauty can come from them. And so that's what happened when Jesus appeared to his disciples, who are fearful. They're in hiding. Peter, their leader, as we know, as, you, as you'll recall so well from the events leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, Peter, no doubt, was feeling full of shame. He'd let Jesus down. The other disciples had let Jesus down. They'd all run away from the cross. They'd all run away from the Romans and from the people in authority. And yet here is Jesus standing in front of them and his very presence gives them a whole new perspective. For one thing, his very presence with them, the fact he is with them, suggests hope. There is hope because all isn't lost. Jesus is alive. Jesus is with them. The fact he willingly shows them, shows them the scars is an indication to them that he understands their fear and their nervousness and he holds no grudge against them. And his words spoken to them confirm that he loves them still. Peace be with you, he says. Brennan Manning says this. On the last day, Jesus will look us over, not for medals, diplomas or honours, but for scars. It's very powerful, isn't it? People who have suffered have an authority and a beauty through their brokenness. Those scars bear witness to events and experiences that, that we've been through and they matter more to God than what we have accomplished and what we will accomplish. Despite everything that the world tells us, our scars can become a badge of honour. Let me read that again. On the last day, Jesus will look us over not for medals or diplomas or honours, but for scars. I wonder if you've ever heard of Kintsugi pottery. There's a picture, a picture of this kind of pottery on the screen. Kintsugi pottery is a, it's a traditional Japanese uh, art which uses a precious metal. It might be liquid gold, it might be liquid silver, or it might be lacquer dusted with powdered gold to bring together pieces of broken pottery 
and at the same time it enhances the breaks. One description of it reads like this. The technique consists in joining fragments and giving them a new, more refined aspect. Every repaired piece is unique. Because of the randomness with which ceramic shatters and the irregular patterns formed that are enhanced with the use of metals. Isn't that a beautiful allegory for human suffering and pain? And the way that God can piece us together again with molten gold. Again, another website describes Kintsugi pottery like this. With this technique, it's possible to create true and always different works of art, each with its own story and beauty, thanks to the unique cracks formed when the object breaks, as if they were wounds that leave different marks on each of us. Wow. As if they were wounds that leave different marks on each of us. Each of our wounds are unique. You see, God doesn't throw us away when we get broken or we feel broken and we feel we can't be used by him. No. If we allow God to work through our brokenness, we can actually become more beautiful and more precious to him than before. And there is molten gold in the cracks to prove that is true. Just look at that bowl. This is what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So God comes to us as he came to those fearful and anxious disciples in the upper room and he comforts us in our troubles. For what purpose? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. The risen Lord saw his disciples were broken people. Their lives had been shattered on Good Friday as he was killed before their eyes. But he comes to them and he shares his peace and he pours out his comfort upon them and then he calls them to share that comfort with those around them. He calls them to share peace. He, he calls them to share good news of resurrection with others and he calls you and me to do the same. Maya Angelou, civil rights activist and one of the greatest poets of the 20th century, experienced much suffering in her childhood. And due to horrific trauma, she didn't speak for five years. Later on in life, she said this, Our deepest suffering can become our greatest gift to the world. The words that at one time she didn't dare speak actually became a gift to the world what an amazing truth that is for all of us our deepest suffering can become our greatest gift to the world and of course the greatest example of that of course is Jesus 
That's the greatest example the world has ever seen of, the, of our deepest suffering, or his deepest suffering becoming the greatest gift of the world, his passion, his death, and of course his resurrection. The fact that he is alive means there is life after death, and that is our ultimate hope. We know that healing from disease, healing from affliction in this life is temporary, this side of the grave, but our hope is eternal life after the grave. What does Paul say to the Thessalonians? Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring Jesus with those who have fallen asleep in him. That is our hope. And that is the answer to all our prayers. As we continue to pray, come Lord Jesus. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Hallelujah. I want to finish by telling you a story of hope. And I want to introduce you to a couple, a Japanese couple called Mr. and Mrs. Kuroki. These are real people, by the way. These are real people. This, this couple had big plans for their retirement. After 30 years of marriage and working on their dairy farm in Shintomi in Japan, they were excited to travel around their country and around the world. But everything changed for Mrs. Kuroki when, at the age of 52, Complications from diabetes left her blind and stole her smile. Gone were their travel plans. And as Mrs. Kuroki grew more depressed, she retreated further and further into herself. Mr. Kuroki was desperate in his quest to cheer her up. Then an idea came into his head. He noticed passers-by admiring his small garden, I can't pronounce this, small garden of Shibazakura flowers, uh, known maybe more to you as moss flocks. So maybe if he planted more, he would attract more visitors who would pull his wife out of her sadness, out of her depression. And even if she couldn't see the beauty of the pink blooms and the pink flowers, she could certainly enjoy the scent. So for the next two years, Mr. Kuroki planted thousands of these flowers around their home in Japan. Little did he know that a decade later, his labour of love would be transformed into an incredibly popular tourist attraction. Now people don't just flock to Japan every year for its cherry blossoms, but to surround them, surround themselves with the product of the Kuroki's love. Every spring... Up to 7,000 people visit their flower garden every day. Isn't that wonderful? I think the most amazing thing about that whole story is that even though she can't, Mrs. Kuroki can't see the beautiful garden that her husband has created, she can smell the aroma, she can smell the scent from those thousands of flowers. And that, my friends, is a picture of what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of those we are praying for. Jesus is alive and he's busily nurturing something beautiful out of all the things and all the people we have lost 
and the things that we think are broken. And if we allow him to, God is repairing our damaged lives with molten gold so that something even more amazing and beautiful can be seen. As Pete Gregg says in his book, God on Mute, the greatest miracle in the world, greater than any healing or any revelation, is the grace unleashed by a life refined through suffering. It is a grace that was first released when Jesus endured abandonment and death, so that the disciples might, so that the disciples and millions since might receive a living hope that can never die. Let me finish with these words of hope from the Apostle Peter. The disciple who let Jesus down, and yet the disciple who was whose life was put back on track by the master craftsman, Jesus. And may they be words of hope for you too. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so, so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. And thank you that because of that, there is hope. Because of that, there is life. Because of that, we know that you have beaten death. And because of that, there is a promise given to us who turn to you, Lord Jesus, of life that starts right now. And even though, Lord, our lives may feel broken, may be broken, you are piecing those shattered bits back together again into something even more beautiful and more precious than before. Holy Spirit, we thank you and welcome you as you piece our lives back together, as you make us into the beautiful people of God that you want us to be because you are a beautiful God. And in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Peter. In a moment, we're going to share the peace together, and the children will rejoin us just for a moment, let's just be quiet before the Lord. And in our imaginations, let's, let's visualize what Peter showed us there in his, uh, in his talk. Imagine Jesus standing in our midst as he did.
Jesus understands, those scars of Messiah that he understands. Let us look at the wounds on his back where he was flogged before the crucifixion. Let us remind ourselves that he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, and by his stripes we are healed. So Jesus, in his love and in his mercy, comes and comforts each one of us. And he says to each one of us, peace to you, just as he said on that first day. And he comes to greet each one of us with peace today. So shall we stand? And as we share the peace, let's not stop making it all peace with you, peace with you, hello, whatever, yak, 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 which, which we can do at times, but let us remember that when Jesus came and stood among, uh, amongst, each, uh, amongst the first disciples, he showed them his scars, and as he comes and shows us his scars, he says, peace to you, there is nothing between us. And so as we say peace, wish each other the peace of the Lord, that is what we're saying to each other. And it's a real source of blessing. So, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said that, he showed them his hands and sides, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. So the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thank you. Let's share the peace to each other. Let's bless each other. So as Peter comes to prepare to lead communion with us, let's sing again. See what a morning, gloriously bright.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And we're going to join in song together. God, our Father, holy and strong King forever. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life. You sent your Son to live among us. Jesus, Saviour, Mary's child. He suffered on the cross. He died to save us from our sins. He rose in glory from the dead. You send your spirit to bring new life to the world and fill us with power from on high. And so we join with the angels to celebrate and say, Holy, 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 Holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Father, on the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat it. This is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. After the meal, Jesus took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this to remember me. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ has died. Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. 
Jesus Christ will come again. Jesus Christ will come again. Father, as we remember his death and resurrection, send your Holy Spirit. Let the bread and wine we bring before you may be for us Christ's body and his blood. Pour out your Spirit upon us that we may love one another as we work for the peace of the earth and wait for Jesus to come in glory. For honour and praise belong to you, Father, with Jesus your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Just to say, if you are a visitor amongst us, you're very welcome. Uh, our custom for sharing communion at this time is that the bread... I will serve the bread from the middle table and the wine will be served to you at either side uh, there. And then we take the bread and the wine back to our seats and we all consume together. Because it's Easter Day, uh, we, there's going to be a, a child, I think, either side as well. If you'd like to, uh, when you uh, had the, taken the bread and the wine, if you'd like to um, have a little egg put in your hand as well. You don't have to, obviously. If you want to, that is an invitation as well. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my star. This cornerstone this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What height of love, what depth of peace, when fears are swelled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Right. 
Of Christ, his pure and eternal life. Amen. The blood of Christ, his pure and eternal life. So we'll say together this prayer following communion. God of life, who for our redemption gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection have delivered us from the power of our enemy, grant us so to die daily to sin, that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his risen life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Shall we stand again?
Let's continue to sing glory to our risen, conquering Lord. That is not quite the end of our service. As we finish with a rousing hymn to our risen Lord, we now go out of this place, though there will be a cup of coffee on its way, on your way out. But we go out in this this place, back into the world. As Jesus rose from the dead, and now and started ministering to the world again, so we go in his name. 
and we minister his love and his comfort, as our scripture reading said earlier. So before we, we're going to do two things before we finish. We're first of all going to turn our attention to the world outside. We're going to have a short time of intercession. And then we're going to play a video uh, with a multi, uh, which is a multinational blessing. And then we're going to say that blessing to each other to uh, ask God to strengthen us in our journey with him out in the world. So let's, let's pray for our, for our world. And whereas we normally start by praying for the world at large and homing in on our own individual circumstances later on, we're going to do it the other way around today. So let's start by praying for ourselves. That we would know the Lord, each one of us know the Lord walking with us. Let us pray for each other that the Spirit of the Lord Jesus might rest on each one of us and use us to glorify Jesus in the world. Let us pray next for all our friends, be they Christian or be they not, who are suffering. Let us pray that the risen Jesus, who still bears the scars, his suffering will reach out his hand his nail pierced hands to those we know who are suffering let us pray his blessing on them and let us ask him to bring to use us to be a blessing to others Pray for particularly for all those known to us who are either ill or suffering in any other time or who are suffering bereavement. In the quiet in your hearts, just name those people before Jesus. Let's cast our, fear, um, our eyes wider. Let's pray for our government, which seems to be miring itself in one controversy after another. We are commanded to pray for our leaders, whether we, believe, we, we agree with them or approve of them or not. So we lift our government, our prime minister, to you, Lord. We ask for wisdom. We ask for righteousness. In this year of Platinum Jubilee, we thank you for our Queen and for the example that she is of somebody who trusts in you. We pray your blessing on her today. We continue to pray for all those areas in the world where there is suffering. We think of Yemen, we think of Sudan, and of course we remember 
as we think about what people, what evil is being inflicted on people there. Let us not forget the wounds that Christ bears. Let us pray for those who are bringing a message of hope where there is so much suffering. Let's pray for all those ministering in whatever religion, whatever branch of Christianity, that the Lord would anoint them and bring the healing that Jesus died to bring. I know that's not a small prayer, but let us pray for them. And finally, let us pray for the worldwide church. That on this day of Easter, this day of resurrection, you would raise your church as a victorious body, determined to do away with sin, determined to live the life that you create within us, Lord. We pray for your church, Lord, that it may become a channel for your glory, for your love, knowing that we, it will almost certainly mean suffering for ourselves. We pray for all of our brothers and sisters who are suffering. That you would strengthen them, you would encourage them, and that you, they would know that you are with them. As you reach your nail-pierced hands out to them. So we ask all these prayers now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just before we go, we're going to watch a short video, which which is recorded, which is put together just before the pandemic. It includes um, the words of a well-known blessing in about as many languages as you can imagine there are. The whole thing is about eight minutes, and we can give you the link if you want to watch it at home, but we're just going to look, watch the first half now, and then we'll bless each other with the same words.
Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Can you, can you hear me okay? Ah, oh, yeah. oh, fantastic. Thank you. What we did in Children's Club today was we thought about what does Easter mean? And we sort of, we came up with three things. The first is Easter is a sign of new life. It's a time of hope, but it's also a time of love because God so loves the world, he sent his only son to die for us. So we thought, how can we go ahead and just show everyone this love at Easter? So what we've done is we've made a whole load of Easter baskets and everyone has been asked to go out into the congregation afterwards and show the love. And in the love we've got some mini eggs and we've also got Christchurch Baston Hill's favourite biscuit, custard creams as well. <laughs> and... And I say, and happy Easter to us all, to everyone as well. So as we finish, let's stand. Take a look at the words. 
we're going to say them to each other. So we say together, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord.